morning, everybody. We are privileged to have Mr. Dylan Kerr, who is currently a manager of a team in South Africa, who's just won the Nedman Cup. Uh, his success with a smaller team within the country uh, has transcended throughout the world because of that level of success. Such a well-traveled player and manager. Welcome, Mr. Dylan Kerr. As I said, we are grateful to have you on today. Can you just talk to us, what brought you about, how did your managerial journey start? Um, well, I've always, since uh, it started when I was like 18, when I left Sheffield Wednesday, I was released uh, as, a, as, a, as a young pro, as a first year pro. Um, I came to South Africa and I just liked the way that Howard Wilkinson used to, you know, get his players to play for him. I mean, Howard Wilkinson wasn't everybody's cup of tea in, in the UK, but I liked his training sessions and I liked the way he, he, he man-managed people. And then when I came to South Africa, I got the opportunity to coach the under-15 Colts team um, with the likes of Mark Fish. And a lot of good kids uh, in that area. And I became the, 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 the coach, trained twice a week. And, and from there... You know, I, I got the bug. When I retired in 2003, um, I'd already taken my A licence in 2001, and one of the candidates that I used to work with on the course was a certain Mr Mourinho, uh, who nobody knew, who nobody believed he was a coach, because he didn't look like a coach. Um, and I actually failed my A licence. And, and I re the reason I failed it is because I took it too early. And, you know, I, I wasn't ready. Uh, even though I thought uh, coaching could be easy, um, it wasn't. And in 2003, I went to America uh, to coach in um, a team called West Valley Alliance, which was a, a boys and girls club. I think they had 30 teams and I was in charge of four of them. And when I came back from America in 2005 to work with the SFA, I did my reset of my coaching licence. And actually... I passed it with the most annoying, most critical, most the hardest uh, assessor called Frank Sinclair. And I felt so proud that I'd actually passed it with him being my assessor because he was very, 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 very tough. Um, uh, and from there, you know, I stayed in Scotland for four years with the SFA doing football development in the west, west of Scotland. And 2009... I got my first break as an assistant with my old teammate from Arcadia Shepherds called Sammy Troughton, who was in charge of Mpumalanga Black Aces. I'd not seen him since 1988. And in 2009, we got, 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 got back in touch through the, the wonders of uh, internet and Google. And he brought me out for two weeks. We had a holiday. We had a great time. And he asked me if I'd like to be his assistant. Uh, Came back to Scotland. Within two weeks, I flew back to South Africa. And that's where the, the, the coaching journey started, uh, professionally. And Pumalanga Black Aces, I, I, I remember the team. We used to, uh, as I told you before, we used to play against them. Um, <laughs> a terrible trip from Durban. A terrible trip. Uh, oh, God, it's a, it's a killer, isn't it? Especially if you drive. Yeah, we, well, we used to travel by coaches in those days which is such a terrible trip. But let's come to something more recent. You've won the Nedbank Cup with an unfancied team, I must say. 
respectfully. How did you go about being the architect of the success? Well, I actually, uh, obviously, I don't know if you uh, know, but the, when, when Bidvest Fits were sold to TTM, the original owners, they came in with this all this singing and dancing. We're going to do ABC. We're going to do blah blah blah. Uh, and actually, they they didn't have the money uh, to do anything, you know. And and they signed players um, and brought them to a place called Louis Tricart. They played at Toyando, which is still an hour away from Louis Tricart. Basically, they they, they owned, the new owners didn't have the money. They bought the club for I think twenty five million rand, and. Vitz had obviously been in, in existence for 99 years. Vitz is no well, Vitz is in existence now. They're in the ABC Mopsepi League. And they're in the playoffs to go to the NFD. So they might they might come back in a, with a different, you know, stature. But the the chairman, the new my chairman now, or the chairman that bought the club, probably paid, I think it's rumored to pay 30 million for it. And I got invited through a former player called Mpumalekka, who was at Vitmank Black Aces with me um, in 2009, or Mpumalanga Black Aces. And they invited me to the Supersport game, which was the first round of the Nedbank Cup. And I went there, and I, and I kept myself hidden, because I mean, obviously COVID, you weren't allowed. But I got myself hidden. It was on TV, so I told the TV camera crews, because they, they obviously presumed that I was linked with the job. But because Joel Masuto was in charge, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that. But the chairman spoke to me and said that that was his last game in charge. Would I be interested? So I went to watch the game. And my agent at the time uh, said, I'm making the biggest mistake of my life. Don't go there. If you go there, you're going to ruin your reputation. You'll never work in South Africa again. Plus, Gavin Hunt said that, you know, a lot of coaches said that, you know, because the, the club was crazy. I mean, players hadn't been paid. Players, they, they didn't have substitutes at one point. You know, the players didn't turn up for games. And I think they, they were on seven points when I joined. They'd not won a league game. And they beat Supersport 1-0. And I thought, well, this, this team's not bad. So I went and my, my three options were, one, take the job at TTM and ignore all the rubbish and believe in myself. Or two, go to Durban, go to Umschlanger, go to the George, my local pub, and stay there for, I'll, be, I'll probably be still there now. Or three, go to Cape Town and do the same. And and, and, and because I believed in what, I, what, what, I, what I'm doing, I, I took the job. But it took me, I think, about six weeks to get my work visa. So I didn't actually sit on the bench till... Two games before the uh, no, the game before the final, I got my I got my, my my visa on the Tuesday. We played Kaiser Chiefs, and then obviously on the Saturday. But I was sat in the stand, and you know my two assistants were on the bench, and against everybody's expectations, we beat SuperSport. Then it was my first game against Swallows, who were unbeaten at the time, uh, and nobody fancied us then. We played Black Leopards in Toyando, uh, which is always a difficult place to go. We beat them comfortably. And then we played Mamalodi Sundowns, who beat us the previous week in the league 3-1. We played him away at Loftus. And we actually, you know, even though we went through on penalties, we fully deserved that win. And we got to the final. And again, nobody gave us a chance uh, against Chippy United. Two low, uh, low teams in the league. Uh, but Chipper are a good side. And 
you know, we actually dominated the final. We, we, were, we were absolutely fantastic. So it, it was it was a case of getting the place to believe in the vision, believe in a dream, and trust me. And since day one, that, that's what I've been emphasising all the time. And remember, when I joined, all the players, because of the, the history of the previous chairman, they were all, I asked the players, put on a piece of paper, you're, what 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 you're owed, what what you do, what you, and I think twenty players out of the thirty brought pieces of paper. Someone wrote on a little piece of paper, someone A four paper, someone a bit of scrap paper. The players were hundreds of thousands of rands. You know they weren't getting paid. They didn't have accommodation, and I've stepped into this club with all these hassles. And within a week, I just said, look, you know, put your football future first. If you don't stay in the PSL, you're, going to, you're not going to have a job. And if you don't try and win a cup, you know, nobody's going to ever remember you. So, uh, and we did it. We did it. Um, we did it and we did it well as well. You know, Dylan, um, I, I, I've got to say, I'm not going to talk about the game because I watched the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that. What I'm going to talk about is the, the emotions I saw after the game with your players, the camaraderie. Now, you must remember, as I spoke to you before, uh, I I played under a manager like Gordon Ingerson, who had, yeah. from my side, absolutely no sentiment towards his players at all. Mm. Um, but what I saw was a real emotional bond with your players. Well, because 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 they've been because of the troubles that they had, he actually said that a week later when I, when I, when when we had a meeting with the chairman. Um, over the bonus and monies and the medals and the fiasco that happened there, um, they, they they said in that in that five months they were together before the new chairman took over, people players weren't getting paid, so people play, other players were giving them twenty rand, thirty rand, you know, hundred rand, you know, to 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 basically live on for the week, you know, that because they, they, the the money had stopped, you know, they weren't getting paid, all the dues that they were, you know, signing on fees. The rent, the 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 agreed in the contracts, they weren't getting that, and we always have a team meeting the night before, and we we, we did it. I did I do the I do everything here. I do the video analysis, I do the training. I do, I do everything, but that's that's what I'm trying to educate my assistants as an, an MDC coaches as well. But the day of the the day of the game, um, I had a big decision to make of, of whether I brought my centre back and Degani back. Because he actually pulled out of the game against Kaiser Chiefs because he was on three yellow cards. But he said, he came to me and went, <coughs> Coach, I've got a cold. And I, I knew what he was doing. He, was not, he didn't want to get a yellow card against Kaiser Chiefs, which could have been a possibility. So do I play the guy that won the game against Chiefs or do I bring him back? And because I've got a, a captain, Nonyani, who's been fantastic with Endigani, I brought them back and it worked. But the captain got up. This is this is this is what, and, and I'm glad you touched on that point because this is what happened. I made this, I said, listen, there's no speech this morning. You know, all I'm going to say is no regrets. Don't come off that pitch and say, I wish I had, I should have done. Oh, why didn't I? That that's finished. Then you can't change the streak. You can't wind the clock back. So don't go off the, don't come off this pitch. Don't go in that dressing room with any regrets. If you give your best, and if you if you if you if you can't win. Just make sure you, you, you do yourself proud. And then the captain got up. And the captain, six foot two, big, strong lad, starts making a speech and starts to cry. 
and starts to cry. I mean, literally, I mean, pure, proper sobbing because he was so pumped up for it. And and Endegani got up. So you can imagine these two six foot, two, six foot three defenders, you know, one consoling the other because he, he found it hard to speak to the players. You know, and I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, we won that day. You know, because everybody in that in that team meeting, the 28 players and the 20 that were stripped, they 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 I think, I think the emotions got to quite a lot of them. I mean, you could you could see them wiping the tears because the captain's up there sobbing his heart out at 35 years of age and got the chance to win a trophy, his first trophy in South Africa as captain. You know, so the emotions that came out of there was just like you were like, wow, you know, and uh, it, uh, like I said, after the game, we 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 didn't leave the. I don't I don't think we left the stadium till about half past eight. I mean, the game finished at seven. I mean, we stayed there because we just sat in the dressing room and there were tears, there were laughter, uh, there was there was uproar because we didn't have enough medals for the for the whole squad. Um, <laughs> The reason I'm laughing, uh, the reason I'm laughing, right, yeah. is when we won the Premier League, that there was the same problem. That was in 95. Yeah. That was the same problem. I never got a medal until very late on because there weren't enough medals. It is such, honestly, South Africa never disappoints. <laughs> the thing is, Connie, I mean, the, you know, the thing were, it was like there were 35 medals in total. There's 28 staff. There's 28 players. And the seven staff, so that covered it all, right? But at the presentation, you could only take twenty-five. So myself, my two assistants, and the, the the goalkeeper coach and the fitness coach, all got medals, and the twenty players got medals. Now the other ten medals went missing, right? And they should have gone. What were you missing? Well, they they were taken by. Um, uh, you know, an official dignity, and and, <laughs> and and it and it caused a lot of upset. I mean, we went back to the hotel, and it, it probably took the shine. It, it probably took the shine off the the whole thing. We went back to the hotel. The, the hotel staff, you know, you know, Africans that sing, they dance, they, they it was brilliant. And I walk in there, and and I'm dancing, I'm singing, I'm thinking this is great for the team, brilliant. All the players just did a beeline and just went straight to the to, to the rooms. You know, they and because of the medals fiasco, you know, but we told them you would get the medals. And yesterday, everybody got a medal. I had the medal. They gave me the medals the next morning. They said, Coach, you don't want the medals. Not until everybody gets one. So I gave them the medals on Thursday. and on, uh, Sorry, on Friday. No, Thursday, I gave them the medals. Friday, um, everybody got a medal. So I had to give them back. So, Dylan, you've touched on this uh, about your... Um managerial side you've actually spoken quite in depth about it but how would you pin your managerial style with your team or with any team i ain't got a style i've just got i've just got to i just get the players to play to win a game you know and and, and go out and, and 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 have a work ethic that if you're going to lose you're going to lose to the better team and in the in the in, in kenya um, it, we, the, the chairman didn't get involved. You know, I was left alone, and we went it, within six months. I'd won the league after again, uh, the club being like you no know, five, six points behind. 
um, AFC Leopards. We won the league. And then the second season, we won the league with six games to go. And I won it with my third team against AFC Leopards. So it's like Man United to play Man City with Man City playing their third team and Man City winning. You know, um, and, and and that was because the chairman and, and, and the directors of the club left me alone. Uh, when I went to Simber in Tanzania, they had eight uh, representatives on the board and not one of them agreed with anybody. And they... They decided that you know because I wouldn't I wouldn't do things a certain way that they wanted it, you know I wasn't the right person for the job, uh, and and even though it was a massive club I've, and, I, and I loved it my time at Simba, you know we decided that you know we'd part ways, um, but for, from a from a football point of view, what I always remember and 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 Howard Wilkinson is 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 my all time mentor, obviously with Mark McGee, Colin Lee, Bobby Williamson at Kilmarnock. And um, Howard had a respect from his players. They were, they, were, they were fearful of his players, but they respected him. Sorry, they were fearful of him, but they respected him big time. If he said jump through that wall, you would jump through that wall for him because it was his motivational way of getting players to play at the best and to win games. He was not everybody's cup of tea in England. You know, today it probably wouldn't last. It wouldn't last. Uh, he wouldn't even get a job today because of the style of football he played. But in '88, when he joined Leeds United, Leeds United were a falling giant. Fallen giant. They, were, they were struggling, and he brought them back to to the Premier League. Won the Premier League before he went to Premier League, and he got players to play for him. And, if, and that's that's the secret ingredient that I, I, I put in 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 in, in almost on my CV, it's getting the players to play for you. And I don't know if, you've not seen my CV, have you, Courtney? I have seen it. Right, yeah, yes. Um, I've, I've, everywhere I've been, I've, I've either won a promotion, I've won a cup, I've won a championship, I've, I've gone to America and, and worked with a, with a boys team who's never won a trophy in 10 years. We won, we won it within three months. And I've kept two, two Premier League teams in the Premier League, in the PSL, up after joining them when they were bottom of the league, when they were odds on favourites for relegation. I'm just going to touch on um, Howard Wilkinson because you, you, you've spoken quite a bit about him as well. And obviously, legendary manager, managed the much maligned Eric Cantona, much travelled Eric Cantona, where a lot of people would not have gone near him and at, before going to United, won a, a, a league title with him. You know, do you take much from what you learned under him? Yeah, because you know, every every player is different. You know, every every player's got a, a different makeup or and and, and and a different character. And the, with the likes of Eric, Eric found it very difficult to play the way Leeds United played. And and the likes of Lee Chapman, Carl Schutt, who probably nobody will ever remember, uh, Carl Schutt. He, he was just a local lad. You know that the, the, the score goals. He was, a, he, was a, he was a proper penalty box striker. Lee Chapman was scoring goals for plenty. John Pearson, you know, would, would would play. Bobby Davison would play, and Eric, Eric, you know, would play. He, he played a part, but he only played a small part in that in that uh, in that title challenge, because it was it was it was, it was a good comp competitive side at Leeds United. I was up against Tony Dorigo and Gary Speed, God rest his soul. 
you know, Tony DiRigo never got suspended, never got injured. Gary Speed was was a far better player than I were, you know. But we were we were always in competition, and uh, and and Tony DiRigo's gave me the biggest compliment and Gordon Strachan, um, whilst I was at Leeds and when I left Leeds, they said, "Look, you need to play because you, you know you, you you need to put your own." Uh, stamp on football instead of being, you know, an understudy to, to Tony and Gary. Uh, it's just because, but the thing is, because you're breathing down the neck and you're working hard and you're ready to take the take a chance when when the, when if or when needed, you know that's pushed Gary on and that's pushed Tony on to, to become better. So from from Howard from 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 the the the, the thing with Eric, Eric was different. You know, he 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 was. It was, it was, it was, if he wanted to talk to you, he'd speak to you in English. If he didn't want to talk to you, he'd probably give you an elbow in training, you know, he'd kick you in training, or he wouldn't, he wouldn't speak to you. And it wasn't he was a bad player, and, it, and, and I know Leeds United sold him for a million, but he, 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 had a, he had a way that Howard found very, very difficult to manage, but he managed it the best way he could. You know, and, and, and you learn little things from coaches. You learn little things from, from, from other coaches and, and you take them into your uh, locker and, and anything that you don't like, you just, you know, throw away. But Eric, Eric was brilliant. I, I, me and Eric used to go out every morning and, and do this game where we'd get um, an area 30 metres long and 10 metres wide and we'd both be at the end. And we used to do volleys or half volleys. And if it went, obviously, if it went out the area, it was a point. I tell you what, you know, it made me a better player at half volleys, um, and we used to have a good competition with it because that, that, you know, that, that that's the, the the kind of player he were. He was it was all about technique. It was all about style, you know. Where, where Leeds United, it was just everything was running and everything was you know long ball, get get crosses in, um, and try and score goals. So and and it didn't really suit him. But Eric, I think Eric scored one of the best goals against. I think it was QPR. Um, where he chipped it over three defenders' heads. He lobbed it over three defenders' heads and then volleyed it in the corner. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I think at the time, I would have thought he was doing himself a favour and Leeds United a favour by selling him very, very cheaply to uh, Manchester United. But again, look at the different styles of managers. You know, Alex Ferguson to Howard. You know, Alex, you know, took the pressure... But he played Eric, and he played him in in a position that that suited him and Man United. In Leeds, he found it very very difficult to to gain the team because of the way that they played. It's just an un unbelievable story there, Dylan. It, and and you just talk about the contrast of managers. One that thrives on um, putting these difficult characters in and starting to understand them and get the best out of them, instead of well, we need to move someone on that's not fitting into my box. Um, but coming back to your managerial style, looking at how do you prepare your team for games? Put us, put us as a fly on the wall position, because us as journalists, us as supporters, we don't really know what goes into the cocktail of preparation. Well, you know, you know, it's difficult inside. Well, it's difficult in Africa with. with Players have got responsibilities for, for, for family members that, you know, they, it, it, there's, there's always issues, there's always challenges. So the first thing you have to do is when you come to training, they respect that if, you, if you're in for 10 o'clock, you are in for 10 o'clock. You're not in for 10 past or five past 
or a minute past or 30 seconds late. You know, you're in for 10 o'clock. So um, that that's, you know, the, the respect part of it. Um, the way that, the, the, that we've been playing over the last four months, we've been playing Monday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. So you've actually not got much time to prepare. So it's trying to maintain the uh, energy, it's trying to maintain the atmosphere, it's trying to maintain the spirit, and it's giving them as much confidence and enthusiasm as you can when we do training sessions. And I said to them yesterday after our final training session, because I've given them today off, again, my club don't like that they have time off because they think, oh, they're going to go out and get drunk and they're going to go and abuse themselves. But they've worked very, very hard for six days. And I said to them, you've deserved it, you know, because it's been a fantastic six days of training. I've really, really loved it because everything I've asked them to do, they've done it well. Everything I've wanted them to do, they've tried. And uh, we've, we, 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 the, the laughter and the, and the spirit of, of, of what I've got at the moment, if we take that same attitude into the game, then I don't think there's, a, there's going to be a problem. I love to I love to hear um, managers talk about day days off because uh, Zayn, I must tell you this when when I played there were never days off I don't I don't think Gordon ever gave us no, a, no they don't they don't and honestly our I'm I'm listening to your 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 personal touch in regards to your preparation your players must really value that because. Um, I come from an era where there was no personal touch. We we basically ran for seven days, practice crosses and 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 man to man marking, uh, no analysis of the team we were playing, and went and play. The thing I've got to respect the players, right? And and, and I've got to trust them. And and believe me, it's the hardest thing in the world to 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 trust South African players because that I know what what they do. Remember, I played here in eighty six to eighty eight, so I, I did that. It, 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 the mentality of them, it's like the other day, I gave them four days off. I gave, my, my, my club went, but you can't. Oh, they're going to do it. But they've, they've played, they played five games in 17 days. You know, they needed that rest. They needed that recovery. They need to go home and see the family because we're still three hours from Joburg and most of them are all from Joburg. Um, I'd say 90% are from Joburg. So they're living here without seeing the kids and the wives and the girlfriends. And I give them the time off. And I said to you, you come back on Monday. By the way, you're going to run. But they all came back with the trainers on, or the tackies, as they're called. And I said, no, put your boots on. We'll just have a, we'll just have a five aside. And, and, and it worked. It worked. They came back expecting to run around the Peter McCarver Stadium, which is 5.6 kilometres. And we didn't. We just had a five aside. It was brilliant. But they, 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 the owners don't trust the players. And, and I can understand some of them are really, really bad. Some are really, really bad. Uh, and, you know, trying to control that. I mean, they bring breathalysers to training. To, 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 to training. You know, every morning they'll, they'll breathalyse the, the ones that they, they know that drink. Can you legally do that in their contracts? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can get rid of a player. If the, if the player doesn't play for three games, you can get rid of him out of his three-year contract and say, oh, he's got poor performance because he's not played for three years. So contracts are not worth the paper that they wrote on. You know, I'm, 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 I
you know, keeping the players on the straight and narrow? No, because they, they get away with it. I mean, some some one of them says, look, we, we, we keep these uh, packets, you know, them pa- uh, vinegar packets you get, at, you know, in McDonald's or whatever. Sure. You know, your chips. They, apparently, this is very, very good, by the way. Uh, if you uh, out drinking and driving, have one of them in your car, and if, if you get stopped, quickly have a, have a, have a thing because... Uh, Apparently, you can't smell the beer, and plus, it thins your blood, so they can't even take any blood, because they take your blood here in, in South Africa, you know. So, um, no, nah, the players, the players, then obviously, if they get done, what, what do they do? They, they, they send them home and then they find them, but they, they, it doesn't affect them. It doesn't affect them, you know. They'll, they'll do it the same the next week. They'll do it the same the next week. Instead of saying, "Right, I'm going to rip your contract, breach your contract, being caught drinking," you know, get get lost. They don't do that. Um, I think I, I think we've done it once at TTM. Um, I think we did it a couple of times at Barocca and we did it loads of times at Black Leopards. You know, it was it was a natural thing that players come in. You know, you could you, you could see they've been brushing the teeth that much. They all come smiling, all these white teeth. You know, because they've been probably brushing with <laughs> for an hour and they get the, t- the the smell of alcohol off the breath. 